Hello, this is Justin Christopher, the Executive Pastor at Midtown Church. We're glad that you're listening this morning. Uh, This is a recording of our service that we had via Zoom conference call, given the coronavirus and the inability to meet together in person as a congregation. And so the audio will be a little bit different, but we wanted to share it with our Midtown family and any of you who were listening. So enjoy the service. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family loved and served by God, compelled to love and serve each other and Austin with God. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Jake Box, and I'm the lead pastor here at Midtown Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us this morning as we are going to address a question that many of us are wrestling with during this pandemic. And the question is this, why would a good God allow bad things to happen? And you might be asking this question in a slightly different way, but we've all asked like some version of this question. And for some of you, this question or your version of it might be undermining your faith right now. It might be causing you to really question if you can believe that God is good or if you can believe that there really is a God or that he's the God of the Bible. And then for others of you, it could be this question that's keeping you from actually uh, believing at all. This could be the thing that's keeping you from faith in Christ. And so I want to address this question, but I need to let you know that I'm going to do so inadequately. Partly because we're limited in this context by Zoom. You know, it turns out that Zoom is probably not the most comforting of mediums by which to address this important but heavy topic. But there's another reason why my answer is going to be inadequate as well. and That's because it won't be emotionally satisfying. You see, there isn't an emotionally satisfying answer to this question. There's nothing that I can say, nothing that the Bible says, that's going to cause us to feel okay with the fact that over 4,500 people died from COVID-19 on this past Thursday. There isn't an answer that will cause us to feel okay about people losing their jobs or not being able to feed their families or people dying at home alone or the myriad of other atrocities are happening as a result of this virus. You know, there isn't an answer to this question that's going to make us feel like any of that's okay because it's not okay. Pain and suffering should trouble us and it should grieve us. Just like they grieve God. In fact, I think the reason God addresses evil and suffering the way he does in scripture is because they deeply grieve him. In his book, The View from a Hearse, how's that for a title? The View from a Hearse, Joe Bailey, the author, shares about a time when two men came to comfort him after the death of his three sons. So this is a true story. He says that the first came with answers that his friend came to comfort him by telling him that God had a plan and that God could work it out for good and that God would give Joe strength. The second man came simply to sit with Joe and he did not speak unless spoken to. And then they, he prayed with Joe and then spent most of the time just sitting in silence with him. And Joe writes that though both men had good intentions, He couldn't wait for the first man to leave, and he couldn't bear to see the second man go. 
Friends, God, through his word, does have many things to say about pain and suffering. But ultimately, he is more like the man who gives his presence than the man who gives his answers. The truth is the Bible leaves many of our questions about suffering unanswered. Questions like, why this pandemic? And why now? And why is it affecting the people that it's affecting? See, God doesn't answer those questions for us fully or satisfyingly. However, what he has done through Jesus is he has come close to us. And in a sense, he has sat with us in the midst of our suffering. And then he's taken up our suffering to make the way to forever bring it to an end. Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 put it this way. Speaking of Jesus, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. You see, when it comes to the question, why would a good God allow bad things to happen? God the Son, Jesus, shows us the answer is not that God doesn't care about us or that he is indifferent or detached from our pain. Instead, he shows that he cares so much that he came to sit with us in the midst of the pain and brokenness and then he willingly took it upon himself, graciously suffering alongside of us and for us. And personally, that both comforts me and confuses me. Like, I love knowing God cares about us that much. But if he loves us to that degree, why didn't he just create a world where evil and suffering weren't possible? You know, if he's that good, then why allow bad things to happen at all? But what I've come to realize is that the interesting thing about this question is that when we ask it, we are really thinking about the bad out there and not the bad in here, in our own hearts, right? But let me ask you, have you ever done anything bad? Like, have you ever done anything bad to someone else? Have you ever mistreated someone, deceived someone, used someone, hurt someone? I know that I have. And yet it's interesting that when people begin to wrestle with the existence of a good God as it relates to evil... We're always thinking about the evil that's out there and never that's in here. It's never the evil in our own hearts that makes us question God's goodness or existence. Of course, to that, if you're like me, you want to go, well, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not talking about my version of bad or the evil that I've done, which I don't even want to classify as evil. Uh, we want to say, no, I'm not talking about the stuff I do. I'm talking about the big bad things. But friends... Once you or I start trying to get nuanced regarding what kind of bad things a good God should allow or not allow, then we've changed the subject and we've changed the question. You see, friends, a big part of the answer to the question, why does a good God allow evil and suffering, is this. It's because he has allowed us. For we are in our nature, according to God's design, 
people, not robots. We are people with free will, created by God with the ability to love or choose not to love, to worship God or to choose not to worship God, to do good or to choose not to do good. And according to the story of the Bible, when God originally created the world, there wasn't any evil or sin or suffering. But when he created mankind, he gave us free will. And Genesis 2, 15 and se- through 17 captures that. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free, there's free will, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. But as the story goes, Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. And as a result, sin entered the world, and brokenness entered the world, and disease and death entered the world. Now certainly, it stands to reason that God could have created a different type of living being, They had no choice but to obey and never do anything wrong. But if he had done that, then he wouldn't have created you and he wouldn't have created me. For that's not who we are. So, why did a good God allow evil and suffering? It's because he allowed us. People with the ability to love or not to love. People with the ability to obey or not to obey people with free will. Now, in light of that, we may want to shift the question to this. Why would a good God not put an end to all evil and suffering? Like, why would he continue to allow it instead of just putting a stop to it now? And friends, I want you to know, I've been asking that question myself. I mean, specifically in regards to this virus, I've been praying for God to end it. I've been asking him why he hasn't. But God doesn't give us a complete answer to why he doesn't put an end to specific micro-level occurrences of evil and suffering. So I don't know. But in Scripture, God does give us an answer to why on a macro level God has not put an end to all pain and suffering right now. And his reason is very clear and his reason is very similar to the same reason why we would also hesitate to put an end to all of that now as well. And here's what I mean. Think about this. If you could, would you remove everything bad in the world right now? In other words, if you could push a button and suddenly everything bad, everything and everyone that causes harm would go away, would you push it? Now, before you answer that question, have you ever done anything bad? And before you push it, have your children ever done anything bad? Has anyone you ever loved done anything wrong? See, if you would hesitate in this moment to get rid of everything that causes harm in the world, is it possible that God has a reason to wait as well. See, God tells us that he has a reason. And he says that you and I are the reason. 
The reason why God doesn't get rid of all evil in the world is the same reason you and I don't want to get rid of all the evil in the world. It's because to do that, he would have to get rid of everyone in the world. And so because God doesn't want any of us to perish, he waits. Second Peter 3 verse 9 says it this way. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Specifically, that's his promise that Jesus will return and end all sin and suffering. It says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, the clear way for God to end all sin and evil, which is the the reason for the pain and suffering and disease in our world. The clear way for God to end all sin and evil is by putting an end to us. But he waits because he doesn't want anyone to perish. And it's God's desire for no one to perish that caused God to do what only a good God, what only a great God would do. He, after creating us with the ability to freely choose to love him or not, and after we had chosen to go our own way and not to love him and worship him, he made the way to get rid of all sin and suffering without getting rid of us. Though it meant that he would be the one that has to perish. To quote Tim Keller from his book, Reason for God, he says it this way, Christianity alone among the world religions claims that God became uniquely and fully human in Jesus Christ and therefore knows firsthand despair, rejection, loneliness, poverty, bereavement, torture, and imprisonment. On the cross, he went beyond even the worst human suffering and experienced cosmic rejection and pain that exceeds ours as infinitely as his knowledge and power exceeds ours. In his death, God suffers in love. Why did he do it? The Bible says that Jesus came on a rescue mission for creation. He had to pay for our sins so that someday he can end evil and suffering without ending us. End quote. Or as John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, it's because God doesn't want anyone to perish that God hasn't ended all pain and suffering yet. And it's also because God doesn't want anyone to perish that he has made a way to end pain and suffering without ending us. And because of what Jesus has done, we are promised that day is coming for all who believe, all who trust in him. You see, though the Bible makes no promise that suffering and death will end in this life, it does give us hope that one day they will be ended forever. For at the end of the Bible, we're given a glorious vision of a coming world in which all pain and suffering are eradicated. Revelation 21, verse 3 through 5, captures that day beautifully. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The image of God wiping away tears from the eyes of his people communicates not merely the end of earthly suffering, but consolation for all earthly suffering. See, one day, because of what God has done, pain and death will end. According to the Bible, God already gave us the first installment of this beautiful ending when he resurrected Jesus from the dead as we celebrated just last Sunday on Easter. See, one day, what happened to Jesus, the reversal of death and liberation from decay, will happen throughout creation. And the world will be redeemed and made new. But that day has not come yet, as we know. But the reason it has not come yet is because God is patient, not wanting any to perish. And so now we join him in inviting others to turn to Jesus and to believe in him so they too can have eternal life. And at the same time, we pray the prayer of Revelation 22 that says, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. For when he comes, the old order will pass away and he will make everything new. So friends, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? Why does a good God allow evil and suffering? Well, it's not because he doesn't care or because he isn't good. The cross of Christ proves that. No, the reason he allows bad things to happen is because he allowed us. And to end evil and suffering, he would have to end us. But... Because of his great love for us, he made the way to end all evil and suffering without ending us by dying in our place and making the way for us to enter into his new creation with him, where there will be no evil or suffering ever again for all who trust in him. And my friends, I hope that this answer, tied to God's character and his great love for us, can bring you some comfort during this difficult time. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, would you comfort us with this? For this time is scary and it's just so hard to be confronted with the devastation that has come as a result of sin or disease and death or all of this pain it's not as a result of you, but as a result of us turning from you. And yet, God, though it grieves you much, you wait because you don't want anyone to perish. You want us all to come to repentance. And so you don't put an end to it yet, but you wait so that we, through your Son, could turn to you, enter into a relationship with you, and one day be with you forever, where all of this pain and all of this suffering and all of the sin that causes it will be no more. God, would you give us your heart for people that we would join you in inviting people to come to know you during this time. And God, would you comfort our hearts with these truths so that we would not question your goodness, 
But Lord, that we would long for your return when you will make it all new and the old order will pass away. So God, we pray two things. We pray for our friends to come to know you and Lord, we pray, come Lord Jesus, come. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this ministry has blessed you. If you would like to support this ministry, you can donate at midtownaustin.org.